Get ready. It's time. Christina, Catherine, Amy, and Lauren. Welcome to the Cimarelli Podcast. Hey, I'm Christina. I'm Catherine. Oh, I'm Amy. Hi. <gasps> I'm Lauren. And, and we're Cimarelli. Welcome back to the Cimarelli Podcast. Oh. <laughs> so we know you're wondering oh. what ha- what. What heck? I was say, what heck happened to Lisa? What the heck? Nothing happened. She just th- felt like she might be starting to get sick, but she hasn't gotten sick yet. So she was like, should I come in today and maybe push myself too far? Or should I not come in and try to beat the sickness? So we said, beat the sickness. Yeah, we go, said go. not to no go. So she is not going to be here today or probably in the next episode. We'll see what happens. And then she'll be here. Probably after that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're trying to be extra careful, as you guys know. So we'll see what happens. But she will be back 100%. But not today. So we're going to talk a little more today, probably. I don't know. But today's a really cool episode, okay? Um, Today, we're going to talk about our biggest purchases, which is buying our first homes and cars. And I feel like we're going to tell you stuff that no one tells you because no one told me any of this stuff. So hopefully we will. Hopefully. <laughs> so if this is your first time joining us, the Simmerly Podcast is a fun, uplifting podcast where we also focus a lot on self-improvement and personal growth. And we share juicy stories, we discuss personal topics, and we get vulnerable and real with you guys. Every other episode of this podcast is only available on our Patreon because our patrons are the ones who actually support the podcast and make it possible so thank you so much patreon you guys are amazing if you want to get the full season five which is 10 extra episodes you got to join patreon try it out for a month see if you like it there's so much more than just this season of the podcast there's past seasons there's also other amazing series like things we don't talk about where we get really vulnerable and real tips and tricks q a's and lots more so check out our patreon link is in our I didn't say bio, description. <laughs> and just try it out for a month, see if you like it. I think you will. So let's start with highs and lows. Highs and lows. What highs are your highs and lows. lows of the week, people? Normally, Lisa starts. So, Lauren, it's <coughs> you. Why, why is it me? Just because you have dark hair, okay? You're on the end where Lisa I have is. lighter hair than all of you. Except for this. So, okay. <laughs> okay. I can't forget your roots. Um, okay, my low was that. I had a conflict with somebody who I'm close to, so I was sad. SMH. Like, mm. Betrayal. But then we worked through it, and it's okay. Um, and my high was, like, sometimes I feel like I, like, hate everyone, you know? But then <laughs> this week, I just felt like, wow, I love my friends. Oh, people good. in my life. People are pretty <laughs> nice. Like, that's that's good. <laughs> so that was a high when I felt like that. That's good. Good Lord. for you, Lauren. Good for you. Okay, I realized I was gonna. Blo- I think I blocked it out of my head, but I realized I have the same low, which is I had a conflict with someone close to me, and it did not get resolved. So I didn't even try to resolve it. I was like, Ooh. there is no resolving this. So I was just like, rip. That's yeah. I was just like rip. So that's my low, and then my high. I didn't think of what my high was for this week yet. Girl. Which I say, think of your highs and lows. Yeah. But I want to say the high of this week was that I got to go on a walk in the sun. 
Mm. And I'm obsessed with the sun, okay, and walk, so it was a win-win. But it was only like a five-minute walk. Still hashtag healing from my hashtag emergency C-section, which is that is a lot not fun. So I went on a five-minute walk, which is sad because I used to go on hour-and-a-half walks, but you live, you learn. You do live, and you do learn. I don't know what you okay. learn. Yeah, I don't know what I know. You didn't do anything really wrong. I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay. Well... Um, I would say my high and my low are in the same category. Well, it's a double-edged <laughs> sword. Okay. Pulling Lisa? Pulling yes. Lisa or no? No, it's a double-edged sword. Oh. So it's not a low turned high. So I get it. <laughs> I'm really reaching for this high, honestly. Um, <laughs> what? I restarted Rizzolian Isles and I'm obsessed with it. So that's that great. Show, I guess. But on the other edge of that sword You're addicted is to it? that I... I'm going back into my TV addict ways. Oh, I oh. And I that. literally shirked every responsibility I had this morning and watched it all morning because I was sad. So, yeah. But at least you were aware that you were sad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, my therapist just told me that awareness is that's really true. important. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I was just laying step? there and I was like twitching internally and I was watching it and I was like, so yeah. That's, that's really all I got for you. Nice. All right. So my high and low are connected. Um, my low is that I'm just digging through some very intense trauma, oh. you know, letting it come to the surface and letting Girl. it just fester around. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever waded through trauma, you know what it's like. It's not fun and it hurts mm-hmm. a lot when you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But the high was yesterday. My therapist said that I'm doing really well and that Aww. I'm making progress. And she was proud of me. Good. Good. I was like, yeah, wow, you. thank you. It feels so good to hear that. Good. So yeah, it's it's a process. I was just like, why am I not healed by now? But you know, Cap, healing is time. a lifelong journey, okay? That's true. true. You don't just heal. So yeah. It's not like a, a cut, it's just self-heal. And some things never really truly healed either. Exactly. Mm. It's a lifelong journey of acceptance and coping. You know, one of my friends once said, healing is not a destination, it is a way of being in the world. Oh. And I very really love that. True. That's very, very true. I, kinda, I live by that. It isn't. That is true. Because it's so like, true. we love to think of that and be like, oh, once I heal, I'm going to be Yeah, before we, after. Meaning me. Start way nope. being. Like, once I heal, I'll be perfect. No. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. Nope. Wrongo. So, Kath. Yes? Oh, Kath. Here I am. Okay, so, <laughs> this episode is called Big Purchases. No. But. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was trying to say editor cut. No, no just don't get cut that. It. Those are funny. Don't cut that. Keep it. Oh, I loved it. People want to see the real. Okay. Deal. Well, I just skipped a whole section, which is spicy advice question. Cat, you oh, go. All right. Gosh. This week's spicy advice question comes from our patron Turtle W. Hey. Which I feel like I just said Turtle Dove, but um, anyway. Turtle W. Turtle Dove. W. Okay. So they said advice on developing relationships with people that are very different than you. Specifically, people like a stepdad that you want to get closer with because they are now family. Hmm. Oh, I think one of the easiest things you can do is you don't necessarily have to find common ground right away. Sometimes that can be hard right off the bat. But I think one of the easiest things to do is just ask them about their life. Like mm-hmm. what, um, or you could ask them if they're older, like what you're saying. You could be like, so what did you enjoy doing when you were my age? Or what was your life like growing up? What was your childhood like? What were your teen years like? Did you do any sports? Did, were you into the arts? 
did you do this, that, and the other thing? What's your favorite subjects in school? I mean, ask different things just to get to know them. Just start small. I feel like that's easy because you're just asking questions, kind of like a, a low-key interview. And they just answer about themselves and you'll get to learn about them. And you can also answer about yourself too. Like, oh yeah, I loved uh, playing that sport. Or, oh, I really love piano as well. Or, oh my gosh, I always wondered that, but it was really hard. You know, then you can, I feel like that's an easy way to start out. Yeah, and I would say that a little bit goes a long way when it comes to relationships with people that like, family, like your, you know, your sibling marries someone or like you have your stepdad, like it's someone that maybe like you didn't choose, but they're now part of your family. It's a great opportunity to love someone regardless of whether or not that's someone that you naturally are drawn to or get along. Even siblings, you don't choose your siblings, but you just, they're your siblings forever. So I would say, even if you don't really connect with this person naturally, like they aren't someone that you would just find, like, I feel like Amy and I would be friends even if we didn't know each other. Yes. Cause all of your friends are like me. Yeah. We are, you know, we kind of have similarities, but If it's not like that, just a little bit goes a long way. Simply just every time you see your stepdad or whoever it is, just asking them how they're doing, how's their life going, remembering the things that are going on with them. Mm. Oh, how was that game you had? Oh, you got a new job. How was your first day? You know, like it's a it's the little things. You don't have to, you know, know everything about their deepest, darkest trauma. But if you just make an effort every time you see them to greet them and ask them how they're doing. That small gesture just point. means a lot. Yeah, it really does. And, that will, and then whatever's meant to blossom <laughs> from there, maybe they don't want to be that close. Maybe you will. At least you've like shown up and tried a little bit every time, you know? Yeah. Because that's really what people remember. And I would also say that if you have a hard time talking to them, you probably like avoid them. So you can spend some time with them doing things that are like non-talking things like oh let's go see a movie and then you can just discuss the movie that's true when you walk out of the theater or like more like active things experiences yeah going to do things where you're not just like sitting chatting because that can be really awkward if you haven't really like built anything up and through like non-talking kind of experiences you can like kind of build some trust and some relationship there even without like I don't know going deep with them yeah that's a yeah. good point do you have anything to add do you feel like it's covered I would have just say that I very much agree with asking <laughs> questions going little by oh, little you love to do that okay I live for it let's move on <laughs> isn't that something people do in like group projects in like online where someone says something or not group projects was it this something like icebreakers i don't i don't, I don't know online yeah. classes i did like it, they were like brand new when i started college but it's like no no no. it's like a chat thing and then someone says something and they say i agree with them <laughs> discussion, <laughs> discussion boards. boards that's what i've heard people say it's like a real life i've seen the memes boards. because you have to like participate yeah so you're like i agree i agree, I agree. <laughs> that's okay. i agree okay we're gonna jump <laughs> two thumbs up we're gonna dive Okay, we're guys. gonna get into the topic of conversation, which is big purchases, buying our first cars and homes. Woo! Alrighty, you guys. So we are definitely not experts. Okay, <laughs> we're just gonna try to give you guys lots of things to consider. We're definitely not telling you what to do because we do not know yet. And I want to add that, like, I feel like we just we wanted to inspire you that you yes. can do it. That's really, I think, the point of this episode is like. I feel like when all of us bought our first cars or homes, we weren't necessarily like confident that we could. It was yeah, like, I it was thought a scary it was impossible. Thing. I was like, I will never own a car or a home. Yeah, I, I felt that way too. I literally felt like it was impossible. But it is possible. And it's so amazing. Even if you just build it little by little up to that goal, it's amazing. And it's such a great, I mean, everyone needs a place to live, 
place to get a way to get around unless you live in like New York City or something. But I feel like in most places you need a car. So. We're just going to tell you like what we've been through kind of and some amazing things. Not really. A <laughs> nice amount of things to consider. Yeah. Based on our experiences. So first of all, why would you make the goal to buy a house instead of just renting forever? Well, when you're paying rent, you're paying the landlord who owns the place, you know, and that money just leaves your pocket, leaves your pocket, leaves your pocket. When you own a house, the money is leaving your pocket, but it's like building up this investment basically. So when you go to sell the house, you get back all that money that left your pocket, assuming it's a good time to sell. But most likely it's going up over time. You're selling your house later in a better time and you're going to get all that money back that you paid. Yeah. Or most of it instead of zero. Yeah. Our dad always said, think of your house as like a checkings account. Like you're putting the money in. So yeah, you're like paying your mortgage, but like you're basically paying yourself because you owe it. Did you, you say checkings? It. Yeah, she did. Did I say checkings? <laughs> yes, Dang she it. did. I always say that. I say savings I and checkings account. Clearly a money expert here. <laughs> okay, so how, how? what are some tips on how to save up for a big purchase? Okay, well, first off is looking at your budget that you have for the month. If you do not have one, you should probably make one. And seeing how much you can afford to save every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my brain, I agree. <laughs> I thought you were going to elaborate, so I was just like, uh, My yeah. brain left the station. Sorry. <laughs> Time for your brain to come back into the station. Okay, wait. Okay. Does anyone have any elaboration? No. You're the next okay, one. agrees. Okay, cool. We all agree. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. If you can, you can pick up some extra work on the weekend. You can drive Uber. You can do grocery delivery, like shipped. You can go on care.com and get like a nannying job on the weekends, but it's a great house cleaning, babysitting, organizing, organizing, lawn mowing. Yes. There are many ways. Exactly. There are many ways that you can make a little extra income on the weekends to kind of buff up your savings, you know? Amen. I, I say this next one as someone who is not naturally good at saving money. I really don't like it and it doesn't come naturally to me. So I would say you once you start, maybe starting to save money is a little easier said than done. But I would say like um, continuing to save money is the hard part. So find inspiration to keep you going. Um, you could print out a picture of like a house that you love and that you would love to buy one day, even if it's like, you know, 10 years down the road, just ha- having that goal somewhere in the future will be this little inspiration. Every time you're like, Oh, should I make dinner at home tonight? Should I eat out? Like you'll have that little inspiration. Um, you could watch, I, this is something I love is YouTube videos, watching home decor videos, love mm-hmm. that interior design and just kind of picture like, how am I going to decorate my home when I own my own home? Um, so just find inspiration and stay inspired because you're going to need that to get you through because saving money sometimes is just really not fun. So you got to keep the inspiration coming on a regular basis. Oh yeah. And I think looking long-term kind of like Kath mentioned is really helpful because sometimes, well, I would say most times you need to save for years. So you really need to look down the road. For instance, real story is that I am saving with my husband for our next home right now. And we're probably not going to get it for, I don't even know how many years, four to seven years, but we plan on having a larger family and our home right now is not a large family home. And our yard right now is not what I would prefer for my future children, especially a large family. A large family home is a different situation. (laughs) 
most people wouldn't know about that. But anyway, we're looking at like what we want for our future home and we're planning it out right now, even though it's literally could be six years down the road, but we're saving right now. We're planning right now because it's going to take a while to save up for a large family home. Yes. Um, <laughs> could just, just say your thing. Sorry, I keep getting distracted. Okay. You do not have to be able to afford it right now to be able to afford it in general or someday in the future. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Things take time. They take savings. So don't be discouraged if you're like, oh, right now I'm definitely not in place to buy a house or to buy a car. I've, I've, We've all been there. We've all been there. And it is okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There's no shame. You just have to be like, you know what? Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's not tomorrow, but it will be in the future and I can do it. That's really like, you don't have to afford it right now to be able to afford it in general. And I just want to tell you that. Keep believing in yourself because you can make it happen. I want to share a little equation that I came up with that's extremely like overly simplistic, but still. It it just just, gives you an idea. It kind of gives you an idea and it gives you a little bit of inspiration that you can do this. Even if it takes a long time, you can do this. Um, Even if you can't save up a ton of money every month, just a small amount towards your, you know, your dream of buying a home or whatever it is will be rewarding for you. So think about it this way. If you buy a $100,000 house, which if you live in the United States, there are many houses in many states that are, that cost about that much, um, depending on where you are. You have to be like in a specific area. You have to be in a specific area, but there are, I've seen many that are available. Even, clo- even close to our area, I've seen some. Um, so think about it this way. If you put down 10%, which is a pretty common amount to put down on a house, um, then that would be $10,000 for a $100,000 house. And if you save up for 10 years, then that would be $83 a month. So again, very simplistic. There's many other factors that come into play, which we'll talk about later, but that's just one very simple equation to kind of show you like even a small amount saved up over time can make a big difference towards your dream coming true. Oh yeah. So how can you know, like, can I afford this? How do you know that? Well, here, we're going to tell you some some tips about that. Um, so casting was very simplistic, as she said. So now we're going to add to it, which is you look at um, look at the down payment and the monthly payment. So when if you put down 10%, um, then you're getting a loan. So say it's a $100,000 house. Put down 10% and you're getting a loan for $90,000. So $10,000 to $90,000. Um, you can look at what the monthly payment would be for you. Or if you can put down 20%, you're going to have a different loan. And there's also interest and all that stuff, which we're not going to get into this too much. But um, you end up paying more than the $90,000 loan over time. You pay the certain amount per month, but it ends up being more over time than if you put down more and have a smaller um, loan. Or if you pay the loan off faster, those are different things you can look into on your own. Once again, we're trying to give you guys things to look into. We're not going to tell you everything because we're not experts, but things to look into. Yes. And it's also easier to get a loan the smaller the loan is. So for me to be like, hey, can I get a loan for $5 million right now? They'd be like, <laughs> well. <laughs> but if I'm like, oh, can I get a loan for $5,000? That's a lot easier than a $5 million loan, right? Because your bank... Um, the bank's going to look at your income and your employment history and different things. And they're going to see, is this person going to be able to pay back the loan? Right. So they're going to look at stuff like that. So consider those things when, yeah, those are the first things we're going to say to consider. What's another thing? They do have online mortgage calculators that you can look up and you'll, they'll tell you how much you could have an estimated mortgage payment for every month. So you like put in 
how much money you plan to put down, how much money you plan to spend. And they can give you a little calculation if you want to like check on those things. That's a very helpful resource. Also, oh. I've seen calculators that are different that you can enter like your income. And then if you're married this or is a major living key, with guys. someone major then, key. or buying a house with someone else, like you can put your combined income and it can even show you in your area specifically about how much you'll be able to qualify for for a loan. And there's something online, I can't remember what it is, and it tells you how much you should pay per month. Like, even if you technically can pay more per month, that you shouldn't go over that mu- amount. I can't remember what it was. I think it was just under 30% of your monthly income, but it might have been a different number, so don't quote me on that. Look it up, and it tells you, hey, just because you could get a mortgage, say you make um, $5,000 a month, just because you could get a mortgage that's $2,500 per month, this does not mean you should. You should get one that is 30% or less, 1500 or less per month, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I would definitely say to look into that because if you get yourself into too much of a monthly payment, even though you technically, quote, can pay it, you can find yourself in a really bad situation. Yeah. And then what if you have like a, a big medical bill that comes in or a car repair? Like if you're, if your mortgage payment is already taking up so much of your monthly income and you have any kind of unexpected expense that month, you're going to be really stressed unless you have a nice big save, you know, savings behind you. So that's something to keep in mind is you don't want to be like house poor, as they say. Another thing people don't um, realize, which goes into Kath's um, simplistic equation is that it's not just the down payment that you're paying, actually. There can be closing costs and other things. So it could be like you're putting down $30,000 and then you actually have eight, I'm making this up, $8,000 of closing costs and whatever else. I don't remember all the different things, but that's $38,000. That's not just 30. So you want to look all the way into how much your down payment and everything else will cost because um, you don't want to be like surprised. Like, dang it, I thought I was already, and now I have to pay this. What the heck? It is different, like, depending on the situation. Once again, not experts. But that's another thing. Don't get tricked. Don't play yourself. Look into that before you're stuck in a situation like, dang it, I wish I knew that. And that concept is also true if you're buying a car from a dealership. Like, the amount that they have on the sticker of the car is not going to be how much you actually pay for the car like it always goes up because they have like warranty options taxes i don't know random fees so that's just something to know like if you're buying from a dealership oh this car is only this much it's gonna be more out the door if you're buying on like facebook marketplace or craigslist that is not necessarily going to be true but at dealerships that's just how it is also something that my actually my (laughs) in-laws gave me this advice when max and i went to buy our first house together They said, just make sure that you're not house poor, which basically means spending everything you have in your savings on your house. So when you're looking into getting a house, you want to ask yourself, not only how much do you want to put down on it, but how much do you want to have left over in your savings account? So that again, you do have that money for like a rainy day fund, as they call it, if something bad happens out of the blue. So you might want to get something even less than what, you know, your budget is just so that you have enough left over to cover extra expenses. We were going to say how how to get a loan and get pre-qualified. I can only tell you guys what we've done. Once again, I'm not an expert. Maybe if someone does have more information, you could write it in the comments. But I can tell you what we've done. So for the last car that I bought, um, I just went to the bank and I figured out how much I could get a loan for. And then I went to the dealership. 
um, for a house, you connected with a mortgage broker and they get you pre-qualified before you buy a house. So it says, hey, this person is um, pre-qualified for a loan up to $500,000. And then you can go, you go, oh, okay, so I could get a house in this range. Um, I'm, I don't know if there's other ways to do that. Once again, not an expert. We're just brave enough to put ourselves out there when we're not experts yet. It's something <laughs> I hate doing, but I'm doing it anyway. So um, there's probably other options there. Not an expert. So we already mentioned one of these things by accident because someone who typed the episode put it in the wrong section, Catherine. But things to <laughs> oh. consider when purchasing a car. Laura yeah, actually said like, the first one. <laughs> I feel like this doesn't fit in this section, but I'll say. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lauren mentioned when you purchase a car from a dealership, it might be actually more than you think. It will, well, it will be. be. It will, it will yeah, be. Yeah, it will be. It will um, be. I'll, I'll tell you something else. So when I went to buy a car, I was really like torn because I wanted to get something more on the luxury side. But then I was like, I looked at the cost to own. Very important. Cost to own. You can search that for the car you're looking at um, in the year and everything. And it tells you how much approximately repairs and maintenance will probably be. So when I looked at the more luxury cars I was thinking of, looked at the cost to own, I was just like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Because then I looked at the other cars considering... And I was like, the cost to own is so much lower. I just can't imagine going in to replace something and being like, I'm paying double just because of the type of car. So I didn't end up doing that because I looked at the cost to own and I realized I'm buying this car for this much, but the cost to own is this much. It's not something I personally can stomach. So look into that before you get something. You might be like, oh, this is a great cheap car. But then it's like, oh my gosh, the cost to own is not looking so good. Like, wasn't yours... Um, well, I think out of all of our cars, cost to own wasn't so bad, but you had a Cadillac and I think was not, Don't was a ca- cost to own was not, wasn't that pretty like, <laughs> I wanted to cry. <laughs> Wait, so, so there we, we should talk about that experience. What happened? We, like- okay. So, um, this is the story guys. So I went to purchase my first car, right? And I was just looking around and I found this car It happened to be a Cadillac, but it was very moderately priced. So I was like, oh. This is like very moderately priced. Like it was not like some wild expensive thing at all because I can barely stomach spending $50 on shoes. So I was not going to buy an outrageous car. So I was like, okay, this is like in line with a lot of other cars. Sounds like it should be good. So I got it, right? And when I was getting it, when I tell you, I had a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. I did. (laughs) For some reason, I just knew that Mm. it was not going to be a good car for me. I don't, don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. I just knew. I was like, I think I'm making a big mistake. I don't know why, but I just don't feel at peace with it. But I also desperately needed a car. Like we just moved here and I didn't have a car at all. Like I didn't have any car to drive. I was stranded in our apartment. So I was like, I need to have a car. Like I just, I cannot Mm -hmm. stomach not having one. So I just kind of like, made a decision without fully, fully looking into it. So then when things would break on it, which they did because A, I didn't realize that it didn't have the greatest visibility factors. So mm. A, hit a few things. B, a few <laughs> things hit me because y'all, if you remember my crisis about my cursed car. This was the car. <laughs> this was the car. And it was a real curse, I'm telling you. And yeah, not only did you hit things, but you just kept getting randomly hit. Yeah. Like weird. My people that yeah. wouldn't leave notes, they literally like 
She would come out to the parking that lot and so be like, weird. someone scratched my car again. And they didn't yeah, even know. Yeah, it was know. horrifying. <laughs> so I spent many, many days crying over that car because I would go to get it fixed and it would be like so much freaking money. And I would be like, I'm so upset right now because I knew that if I had a car that was just a different brand, it would have been so much less to fix. So check Check cost Check to own. your cost before to you get the car. Oh, another thing is um, new cars versus used cars. Oh, so yes. I think mostly our family is a big believer in used cars. I yes. think Lauren's oh, the only yeah. one who's bought. You bought new and used, but I think you're the only one who's bought new. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else has bought entirely used, and yeah. I think with the exception of Amy's car, I don't think we've had any bad experiences with used cars Mm-mm. that I can Mm-mm. think of. No. I think all of us have had really good experiences. Well, the car wasn't even the problem, okay? Like the actual car. Oh, it, it wasn't was breaking curse. down. The it curse was the curse. Was the problem. It was the curse. Okay, anyway, so when you get um, a new car, um, normally the value will go down like right when you drive it off the lot. So when you go to resell, I'm, what that means is you buy a new car for $20,000, you go to resell it the next day. It's not new anymore. Not the next day, but you know what I mean? Um, a little bit later, it's not new anymore. And suddenly the value just dropped like instantly. When you get a used car, it's already dropped down. You could get a used car that's basically new. It's like 10,000 miles on it, but it costs way less than the new car version with zero miles on it. Not that different. 10,000 miles, literally the same thing and not that old at all, but way cheaper. I think that's kind of your car. I, like I that, actually right? will say um, I can give a great example of that. My lovely car, Whitney. Love her. She's Whitney. a great car. SUV. I never heard I that. love my car. Yeah. My friend said, this is funny thing oh about cars. Gosh. My friend said that you're supposed to name your car then the same letter, same letter as the color. So like if it's white W, then I named my car Whitney. So anyway, I just went with that. I thought okay. that was funny. So I named my car Whitney. <laughs> my and I bought Whitney name. when she had 13,000 miles on her, which is basically nothing in car world. I and just... she was two years old. So it was a 2013 and I got her in 2015 and I paid $10,000 less than what you would have got mm-hmm. to get that car new. And it was basically new. And it's like, seriously, two two years later. Okay, how different Worth was it? Worth it. So yeah. I was very, and I did not have problems. I, that was the thing. I had a good vibe. I didn't want to get a white car. I was like, oh, I have to get a black car, black or die. Like got to get black. But then I went to the dealership and I saw Whitney and I immediately was drawn to her. I was like, I have such a good vibe about this car. And she's been great. <laughs> no problems. That brings me to my next point, which is when you're looking for a car, you have to ask yourself, what is your lifestyle? And how can you get a car that will fit your lifestyle best? So think about like, what are the types of activities that you do? So if you're a very outdoorsy person, you might need a lot of trunk space to fit, you know, your outdoorsy equipment or, you know, your survival kit in the woods. Um, For me, I love driving people around, road tripping. So one of my biggest qualifications was I wanted a lot of space. My car is an SUV, but it has seven seats, which is pretty awesome. Um, And I also wanted a good road tripping car. And my car is very comfortable. Lots of leg room um, in the front. Like people have said, it's great for road trips. So um, yeah, those are some of my qualifications, but everyone has their own. So consider your lifestyle when you're getting a car. Yeah. Like with my newer car, I knew I wanted something a lot bigger. I knew I didn't want the same brand that I had. And I knew I wanted just a lot more space. And I knew that I wanted a sunroof. And I got all of them because <laughs> I, I put my nose to the grind and I just went for it. Okay. Another thing to think about is insurance. 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 We all hate it, but we have insurance. to have it. Um, Here's the thing. The type of car that you have 
definitely infects your insurance. Infects your insurance. (laughs) It infects it, guys. (laughs) No, it affects your insurance rates like a lot. I've learned doing different cars. The one has a lot less insurance because it's a different brand. And it's just, it's very important to like when you're seeing your car, maybe look up. I don't know if you can, but you can probably look up what insurance rates are kind of like on different cars and stuff. I would definitely call your insurance you company. Can. Yeah, yeah, you so, can. Yeah, you can ask them. Even things like the year of the car, the color of the car, they really the type of affect car. it. Yeah, like their safety ratings, I think, affect it too. I don't really know, but a lot of stuff goes into it. So look, look into, into that. that. It's very important. Um, when I bought my current car, I knew it was going to be like a family car, so I knew I was going to buy a used car, and I went. To the dealership and I found this car and it was a bit of a mess. It had been pre-mauled. As my dad would say, he always says we used to maul things. We did. Which like, is like a wild N-A-U-L. animal ripping. Yeah, like what a wild animal does. Um, it had been pre-mauled by children. Like there were some scratches, different places. And I can just tell there was a lot of kids in that car. But I was like, you know what? That's probably good for me because my kids are going to destroy some of the interior of this car anyway. So I might as well get one that's somewhat pre-destroyed, but not too much. It was just a little bit enough to where I'd be like, eh, okay, when they start destroying it, but it won't be too bad. Um, the seats were like really destroyed. So I ended up getting custom leather new seats, which was nice because then I had this like new factor in it, but it was still a used car and it was discounted because it was mauled, but I knew that would be good for me. And once it was all cleaned up, you can't really tell so much that it's been pre-mauled, but it works for me because I knew this was a car that's going to have kids in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have if you have kids or a dog, whatever, are you comfortable with them possibly wrecking the car? Ask yourself the question. I mean, maybe you, you don't want to have maybe a you know how panic to not attack do that. every time they enter the you vehicle. Like, Careful! Don't do this. Like kids don't really get that. I mean, you can try, and I'm sure it'll work sometimes, but. Doesn't work all the time. Well, even put, like, just to people in general. I was gonna say seat protectors. You can also put like protectors on your car if you're worried about it. But you can. Mm, okay. Last thing to consider about cars is the safety ratings. I don't know that people really think about this, but you need to look up how safe your car is because you don't want to get into an accident and be like, hmm, Damn. now I have no legs because I didn't oh. get a safe car. Yeah, my oh, brother. Oh my gosh. Um told me I couldn't buy a certain vehicle because the safety ratings were so bad on it. And I was oh, like, yeah, my friend, she you're drove, probably right. drove this tiny, tiny little car and she got an accident and now she has um, rods in her legs and she's <gasps> handicapped now. She's perfectly healthy, Ugh. like 20 year old and she's handicapped now. Oh God. Um, so she parks in the handicapped space and can't, it's hard to walk for her with That's those crazy. rods. And she was just a normal, healthy 20, actually she's like 19 year old girl. It's pretty crazy. I mean, at least she's alive. Thank goodness. You can literally watch crash test videos of your specific car with the year and everything and see how it does in an accident. It's pretty fascinating. So what about homes? We're going to tell you a few more final things to consider when purchasing a home. Okay. Location, location, location. Everything. (laughs) You sound like a realtor. (laughs) Uh, But for real though, like considering the location like okay what kind of neighborhood is it in what kind of school district is this like what is the commute time to work what is the crime right here like how is this area doing like is this area increasing in value (laughs) yeah is this area like historically getting better or worse like maybe they're going to be putting something in near it like 
something that increases a the trader Joe's. Up something special. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Maybe they're putting something real, like a big, um, some kind of attraction. Yeah. I don't know what. Something that will attract people. I don't know what it is, like a store or a, a move. I don't know. A, par- a really nice park. Something that's going to raise the value. Or like maybe a big company is moving into that area mm-hmm. and it's going to raise the value somehow. I don't understand all this stuff, but something like that can happen. It's like, oh, this area is up and coming and the value is going to go up. And like realtors always know that. So if you ask them, they will have an idea of like how the area is. Yeah, because also with the area too, like even with like school district, maybe you don't have kids. But if you at one point want to sell the house the next person coming along, you want to kind of set it up for an easy sale if you want to get out of it and get a new house later. So True. that's something to keep in mind. Um, this goes back to our, we made the same point with cars with me and Amy, but this is read the vibes I'm of the house. I'm screaming at the and way you wrote this point. Go with your gut. <laughs> yeah, I literally wrote, read the vibes, go with your gut, woman weeping in the walls. Let me just <laughs> tell you what that means. So when we were looking for our house, we like we bought a house together years ago and we looked at so many, we houses. looked at so many houses and I was honestly the pickiest person with the houses and Christina and Lisa were getting kind of annoyed at me because they were like, Oh, you don't want to live anywhere. And I was like, this house is a bad vibe. I feel like they were yelling a lot in this house. I feel like there was maybe like a divorce or something really tragic happened here. There was one house where we walked in and I, I kid you not, I could feel like, I know this sounds creepy and I'm not like this type of, you know, a ghost person, but I felt like there was a ghost in the house and it was a woman who was weeping and like <laughs> drifting through the house. Oh like, my God. I felt, no, I'm serious. I maybe if you don't, if you're not like me, maybe if you have a friend like me who just is good at reading like the vibe. So if the, if it has a bad vibe, I, I'm guessing there might've just someone who went through a very sad experience and kind of like left that energy in the house. So just go read the energy and go with your gut. On well, houses. I remember there was one house we went in and I was like, this house gives me a really sad, sad vibe. Same. Yeah. And then I talked to the realtor and she's like, oh, the woman is selling this because she's um, getting divorced and blah, blah, blah. Oh. And it was a really oh. sad time for her. It's like, oh, it's I so felt sad. it when we walked in. And so it's true. You can change the vibes when you move in, but it just, I don't know. But homes just soak the vibe up. I mean, that's kind of how we make big decisions in general. That's how I make every big uh, like business decision is like go with your gut. Mm-hmm. It's like your intuition. There's a lot of things that you go have a into bad your feeling, intuition. There's a reason. Yeah, don't do not do that. What about how old the home is? Very important thing to consider. So you don't get to just, you have an inspection of the home, but you don't get to just go rip open every wall and see what's going on in that home. So it's a gamble. A new home doesn't necessarily have zero problems. Most likely it's going to have less problems. Most likely, but not guaranteed. Old home might have an incredible foundation. It might be really great. Um, it just needs some things here and there, or it may have like horrible issues, like rotting here and there, termites, who knows like what the heck is going on there. You don't know. So it's a bit of a gamble and you can only see so much when you get the home inspected before you purchase it. Um, you still get to make that decision there depending on the deal you're making, but you want to think about that. Yeah. Like Um, in our home, it was like 10 years old or something when we bought it. And within a year or two, the entire heating cooling system broke and we had to replace it. And it was thousands of dollars. So it's like, 
with I don't know. It wasn't even that much older, but just I don't know. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, they will. They can check those. That's also. another you thing. Have them specific, like, specifically check. Another reason to have extra money saved beyond just the down payment. True. Right. Yeah. Oh, I we didn't write this down, but I just thought of this. Um, you want to think of how much your home that you're looking at is worth compared to the rest in the surrounding areas, because mm-hmm. you generally don't want to have like the most expensive home in the areas. It has nowhere to go. Like up, it is up. Um, if you have the ideal situation is if you have like a lower end home in that area. And then if you do some things to fix it up and it's right, right near higher valued homes, your home can go up in value a considerable amount compared to the one that's already up there. So it gives you a place to grow if you do updates down the road and whatnot. So the ideal place in the middle or like lower area. You don't yes. want to be the most expensive house in the area. So look around the area and see what everything else is worth. There's one house we're looking at. It was pretty good, like pretty good house. But I was like, oh, this is by far the most expensive house in the area. It's like really not ideal because we wanted to fix it up. So it's like if we fix this up when it's already worth more than everything else in the area, it's just not going to go up much from there. And it's just not going to be the best investment for us. So mm-hmm. really take that into account as well. Yes. And also look at... I don't know. Okay. I don't know how common this is, but look at if the neighborhood that you want to move into, if you found a home, has an HOA, which is homeowners a homeowners association. Yeah. We are the number one enemy of <laughs> HOAs across the land. That's true. In different, From we've California we've to Tennessee. Many, yes, exactly. Number one enemy. We've gotten so, so many write offs or write ups. Not write offs, write ups and threats. Okay. Just from being um, not okay, leaving we're your not garage crazy door open. It's like we don't always remember close the garage parking door in the or wrong like spot. parking on the street. Move your trash can um, or like we were kind of loud because we had our friends over and turn the music up. It's not like we're crazy, but apparently most people like a really quiet, contained life and not our lifestyle. It's yeah. very loud. <laughs> so look into the HOA. Also see how much the dues are because HOA dues can be really expensive depending. They could be like a couple hundred, couple couple hundred, hundred a month, month depending yeah. on where or you live. Or they could be like 90 a month, 50 or they a could month. Be like, yeah. That's another thing that's going to be a monthly payment for you or a quarterly yeah. payment, $150 a quarter that you need to think yeah, about. Yeah, so if you can look into the neighborhood of like the HOA the neighbors, what are they like? Are they really uptight? Are they going to threaten you all the time? Like, you got to know. So, just, But some neighbors don't have HOAs. Yes. Yeah. There are some neighbors that don't have HOAs, which a lot of neighborhoods don't. And they all kind of just work together to, like, everyone just knows. They just kind of, like, keep their house clean and, like, lawn mode and stuff. So that is a great situation to be in. Yes. That's all I say. And kind of um another point relating to that is it's really important to pay attention to the vibe oh, of the neighborhood this. we yeah, really really paid attention because our family loves walking it's like a Cimarelli tradition we yes. love to walk so when we were looking at houses one of the number one things we looked at was is this a walkable neighborhood and then when you're out and about what is the vibe of the neighbors so when you see people out do they look nice and friendly do they wave and say hello or are they kind of cold and standoffish like these are the people that you're gonna be living with day not with but you know next to day (laughs) in and day out the people that could be threatening you day in and day out so if you're getting a weird vibe from the neighbors mm, yeah especially if you get like a creepy kind of vibe oh yeah Mm, no 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 there's no you not want to live with some creeps around the corner that's like a life um advice point if you're getting a creepy vibe in anything just don't listen to your gut your gut no don't talk yourself out of it don't yeah anyway so (laughs) 
The closing statement of this um, <laughs> portion of the podcast is it can be a long and challenging process to get to the place where you are totally ready financially to purchase a home or a car. And it can really it can really be something that, I mean, makes you feel discouraged along the way. It's an emotional thing, but stick with it. Try not to get too discouraged. Or if you do, pick yourself back up. Remember that there's no timeline. It seems like there is a timeline, like you're supposed to own a house and a car by this time. That's it's whatever. Not true. You don't have to follow nope. that. There's no timeline and there's nothing wrong with you if you can't buy yet. And if you can't buy for 20 years, whatever, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But if that's a goal and that's something that you really want to do, once again, you don't have to buy these things. We're just saying if that's something that you want to do and that is one of your goals, believe in yourself, even though it feels impossible. Cause it, I know that feeling, it literally felt impossible. It was like, I can't imagine owning a car. I can't, when I just had a car that we shared that my parents had bought, but it was like being able to buy my own car. I can't imagine that being able to own a house. I can't imagine that. It literally felt impossible, but it happened. It is possible. So believe in yourself and don't give up. Now, Lisa's not here. Normally she opens the bag of random. Oh, I miss Lisa. I mean, I'm doing so I was thinking Lauren should do it of because I am Lisa. Yeah, I was thinking because she's Lisa, she because should Because she open looks it. like her. Okay. I feel like we're a little more mellow without Lisa. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. we are. I don't know All why. Right, so welcome to the mellow ladies. The mellow podcast. yellow. Okay, well, this, uh, wait, what is this called? Oh, bag of random. This <laughs> When you don't know the name. The bag of random. Okay, for that, we have a personal poll. Ooh. Okay, okay, and the question is, when was the last time you cried? Wait, how is that a poll? <laughs> We're taking a poll. That's a poll. Okay. Um. <laughs> um, the last time I cried was... Well, okay, yesterday I cried from laughing, but you. the day before I cried from sadness. Hmm. Good for you. Oh, what a roller coaster. <laughs> I know. Cried from laughing. Man, that's been a while since I've cried from laughing. Oh, I wish. I cried more. from laughing because my friend looked at me. <laughs> Lauren, we what? looked at each other and laughed until we cried. I don't know okay. what happened. Lauren, uh, I'm, that one. I'm out okay. on that one. So, <laughs> anyway so for me i don't remember what day it was but it was definitely a few days ago i literally can't remember the days all blend together cried from mental breakdown i would say that was when and i can't remember what day that was i think it was like friday or saturday um a few days ago good times let's 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 think um i was like at first i was like i don't remember Wait, and i was like really i can't remember. remember was it like no. this morning no it was yesterday, yesterday morning <laughs> okay. and then the night before that and probably time. the day the before, before that. that. Just last Probably time. every day for the past 25 years. You know what? You live, you learn. It's okay to cry sometimes. Um, it's like laughing. It's we laugh every day. It's great to cry. I just let it out. Really, really get, I'm really behind crying, let guys. If you need to cry, out. cry it out. Yeah, feel your emotion. Let the tears flow. Yes. I would say my average is about two to three times a week. Sometimes three to four. Um, <laughs> most days, really. But it's not always Good a sadness. Good for you, Kath. Yeah. Sometimes it can be of like being like some like the other day I cried because Max, I was like, wow, I can't believe Max is so loving. And I just Aww. cried of love. I feel so. like we should like normalize crying. So I feel normalize like it's like crying. you cried. Oh my gosh, it's a huge deal. And it is a, a big deal, but it also is not a big deal because it's like laughing, you know, it's like you laugh. When yeah. something's funny, you yeah. cry when something's sad. But normally we don't cry when something's sad. We just push our tears down. So it's like, what if you just stifled every laugh when something was funny? You're just like. Then when you laughed, you'd be like, whoa, she laughed. You laughed. Like, whoa, that must have been really funny. But like, yeah. laugh all the time. So like, yeah, oh, they okay, should say funny. live, laugh, love, cry. Like, exactly. seriously. Yeah. 
It's like, just be alive. Wait, That's you why didn't answer. Yeah, I know. I was about to. I was answer. being my normal roundabout self and oh going around God. the block oh. before I got to the location. Okay, so oh. anyways, I cried yesterday during therapy. That was Good last time you, I cried. Kat. So yeah. I never you. cried during therapy. Me neither. I always push it down. I'm like, really? is something wrong with me? Oh, I no, do. I don't I want never to. I love crying during therapy. I'm like, therapy. no, thank you. I just, I don't. If I don't, I'm like. I don't. Yeah, no. Something wrong with me. No, I don't every once in a while, but I usually Okay. Like, okay. Anyway, well, oh wait, here's here's another one. How often do you cry in public? Because I never. do it all, all the time. time. Wait, never. are you talking about all driving? Because that's like a no, thing. that is dangerous. <laughs> if you are crying while driving, pull over. Uh, yeah. Wait it out. Yeah, I've done it for many. Wait it out. The most like common place I cry in public is like on a walk. People yes. drive by. Oh, I'm just okay. like, oh, okay. Gosh. I can get on board with that. Yes, I cry in public in walk. front of people. Far too often. I cried at a coffee shop a couple of months nope. ago. That's it's a no. lot. I've done that many times. Yeah, yeah. that's a no. I just a lot. Okay, we're going <laughs> to jump into Sister Spotlight, where each week a different sister gets the spotlight. There's Lauren's Take, Get Real with Christina, Sappy Thoughts with Kath, Amy's Current Crisis, and Exposing Lisa's Weird Past. Get well soon, Lisa. This week, <laughs> the sister is... Sassy. Thoughts. I wrote. Did I say sappy? I didn't change it. It's sassy thoughts with Kath. She's All right. changed. Yay! So, do you think I? I'll figure this. Should I put on my shawl in a different way? Yeah, yeah you did. You did that. You went on, on like. Yeah. All right. I'm putting on as a scarf today. Wow, just to change up the mood. Okay, so I've realized that really sassy thoughts with Kath just means. What is the topic that I've been researching that I'm getting really passionate about? Yes, oh. girl. And there's always something. Mm. And there's usually multiple things, but this is probably the biggest one of the year. And this is titled, Why You Should Say No to Diet Culture. Yes, oh. Kat. So I I really could probably talk about this for two hours. And I have actually many times with my friends. I have talked to many of my friends about this topic now since I started researching she it. means us. Which was, no, my this friends. Is well, you friends. guys and my friends. That was joke. You guys are my sisters and friends. <laughs> okay. yeah, like, I don't know. Friends. Um, fristers. Okay. So. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't think so that's going to catch on. Okay. So I've been researching this for about four months, but really heavy duty for about two months. Let me give you a little background. This summer, I got sick with mono. Mm. And I was very sick for about six weeks. And during that time, I actually think Christina was the first person that sent me a video on this topic. And I did a deep dive into this topic that is called intuitive eating. Mm. But to give you a little background on that, first, I'm going to start with talking about diet culture. Diet culture, I found this website that defined it very well. Diet culture is a system of beliefs that worships thinness and equates it to health and moral value, moral virtue, which means that you can spend your whole life thinking that you are irreparably broken just because you don't look like the impossibly thin ideal. That's so So, basically it comes down to this. Have you ever wondered why this is mainly towards women, but I do think men are affected by this maybe in a different way, but I think it's mainly women. Why is it that when you look around at other women, you just notice that almost everyone hates their body and thinks there's something wrong with it and thinks that they're, it's not good enough. And they always need to lose weight. No matter how they look, they feel like they have to lose weight. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how many times I've heard different people who I look at and I'm like, first of all, this person looks perfectly healthy to me. And they're like, oh yeah, I lost some weight. And it's like, supposed to congratulate you. Like, is that a good thing? Like we're supposed to always be losing weight no matter Mm. what. 
it's like some people lose weight from anxiety or because there's a death. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it a good thing to always be losing weight? Mm. So that's just something I want to just put out there to question. Um, first of all, one of the biggest things I'll say is diets do not work. Mm. Let me let me repeat that again. Diets do not work. <laughs> go on Google right now. After pause this, go on Google and search. Do diets work? I did this today just <laughs> for my ah, own, ah, you know, research to add on to the work? research that I've already done all summer. They don't. Literally, this was me literally asking, do they work? And every article that came up, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Now, that doesn't mean that if you do a diet, you're not going to lose weight. Mm. But the, the bigger question is, are you going to keep the weight off pa- mm. for longer than a year? And the answer is no. Statistically, Ooh. no. 95% of diets do not work. Ooh. The other 5%, and this is me stealing from other people on YouTube who are dietitians, um, nutritionists talking about this. The other 5% of people actually end up just developing disordered eating. Mm. So it doesn't work. It's not a good, um, what's the word? Solution. Solution. If you're actually trying to be healthy or lose weight or whatever. So they don't work. Um, The other thing is that restriction, the mindset of restriction leads to binging. This is a simple principle. You You can apply this to almost anything. Anything in your life. Think about being a kid. Mom, can I have the chocolate bar? No, you can't have it. Suddenly, what is the one thing the kid can't stop thinking about? The chocolate bar. It's a simple principle that you can apply to not only food, but like dating, whatever. The thing that's unavailable is going to be more appealing to you. Mm -hmm. So when you start making something off limits in your mind, immediately you're going to want more of it and you can put it off for only so long until you're going to swing the other way and binge on it. So just say no to dieting. Say no no to restriction because it doesn't work. It leads you down a path of misery, of a yo-yo just period of, oh, let me try this diet. I lost a few pounds. I fall off the wagon. I gain even more weight until you're just gaining and gaining and gaining. It doesn't work. It's not a good solution. And the more you restrict, the more you're going to binge and the more you're going to gain weight in the long run. This is not me saying this. This is science supporting it. So look into the science, read about it, learn for it for yourself. And I just want to say, The answer to this is just to fight back against diet culture. Don't let these toxic and damaging messages ruin your life. Change your definition of health. Because the truth is you cannot look at a person and know if they're healthy just by looking at them. That Mm -hmm. is between them and their doctor. People are healthy at all different sizes. Someone that you might look at and think, oh, they look bigger. They're probably unhealthy. That is a shaming and toxic message from diet culture. They could go get their blood tested and their numbers are perfectly healthy based on their individual genetics, their family history. Mm. Everyone is different and you can't just look at someone and judge their health by the way that Mm. they look. And I actually post about this on Instagram and I got so many messages from people saying, thank you for saying that. I am someone who is in a bigger body and I've had so many people make comments about my health when the truth is I went to my doctor many times and I got my blood tested, got my blood work done and I'm perfectly healthy Mm. and there's nothing wrong with me and I am a little bit bigger than the ideal and people look at me and say I'm unhealthy. So Mm -hmm. stop it. Stop shaming others. Stop shaming yourself. It needs to stop. We don't have to live this way and the answer is not in dieting because it doesn't work. So let me just leave you with this. My personal belief after my research is that intuitive eating is an amazing concept. You should look into it yourself. There's a book on it called intuitive eating. There's tons of YouTube videos, tons of articles out there. Do your, I'm literally so passionate about this and I've been telling every single person about it because I don't think anyone should have to live another day hating their body for literally no reason Mm. other than you've been brainwashed to think that that's what Mm. you should be doing. Cause it's not true. It's literally living in a false illusion that is not truthful and doesn't really exist except for in our minds 
and in the billion-dollar diet industry. Ooh, That's all girl. I got to say. Right. You tell them all, Kat. You tell every which one. So, yeah. Stop dieting. <laughs> you are beautiful and perfect as you are. Okay. That was Sassy Thoughts with Kath. I love it. Come back next, not next time. Come back in the many episodes for more Sassy Thoughts with Kath. <sighs> yes. All right, that's the end of our episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Once again, if you want the entire season, you got to join Patreon. Double the episodes are on there, plus many other things. Try it for months. See if you like it. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Cimarelli podcast. Follow Cimarelli on Spotify and subscribe on YouTube. You can also find Cimarelli on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 